Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer on this Sunday morning, November 28th. On Sundays, we like to pray for our churches and think of them. We're also on a little series here, a little mini-series in preparation for coming Giving Tuesday and the end of the year giving solicitations that we'll have to talk a little bit about how we should be giving and their stewardship of our money. We've already seen how, how um, our money is not ours. We don't want to think of it as we're owners of it, but we're stewards of it. And we are responsible to God for how we invest, how we sow the seed, shall we say, of God's word into various people or ministries, etc. Basically, there are three areas that I think of that we can give to in terms of our, uh, as Christians, to nonprofits or to, of investing of our funds, we'll say. They're all called nonprofits now. Here they are. Number one, churches, the churches we attend. Number two, we'll call them charities. Charities are designed to help needy people. Number three, we'll call them missions. And missions can have within them uh, an educational focus or an evangelistic focus. A mission could include a, a, a school. A mission could include a mission organization, a missionary. A mission could include someone who's raising support for these purposes. Now, in our, in, our, in our culture, it's easy to mix them all up because the government calls them all charities. And, and tax-wise, it's considered charitable giving, whether you give to your church, whether you give to, uh, maybe you give to a social organization, uh, or a, a, a something to help the poor, or whether you give to a mission organization or, or a, a educational institution. And so they're all 501c3, they're all called charities, and we can mix them up as charitable giving. And I'd like to suggest that in our mind, we think differently about that. That what we should think of is the church is that which, where, where we get our spiritual fellowship, where we get our, our spiritual nourishment, where we get our shepherded by God's by pastors under shepherds in the Lord's uh, kingdom, the people who are there who care for us, who feed us, who watch over us, who protect us, and this is one place that we should be supporting with our financial giving, and it's important that we do so. All right. Number two, there is charity. There is giving to the poor. There's giving to the needy, and there are needy people, and certainly the scripture gives us uh, encouragement and uh, much, much encouragement and uh, responsibility to help the poor and the needy in a, a, among us. And we're to focus, I believe, on our brothers and sisters in Christ. I believe there's a principle here of proximity that we are to, if, if we see a brother or sister in our own congregation, in our own family, in our own network, someone that we're close with, that's where we would be the first committed to uh, helping. And then, of course, we have all kinds of organizations today that help people we don't even know, even in other countries, other parts of the world, that, that help provide water or provide health medical care or things of this nature. And that's, that's a place that we give further away proximity, further away. Many of them unbelievers, many of them um, we'll never know. But the, the closer you are, I think the greater responsibility we have. And this is based on Ephesians, or excuse me, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Let us, therefore, let us do good to all men, but especially to those of the household of the faith. So here we prioritize our brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? And then Ephesians, first, uh, 
First Timothy chapter 5, where it talks about with helping and caring for the needy, and it's talking about caring for widows. And the church should care for the widows, who are widows indeed. But it says, first, their own family ought to take care of them. Again, the principle of proximity, that I have the responsibility to take care of my own family first before I take care of the others in the church or before I would expect others to take care of my family. So because this is within my sphere of responsibility. And the further out we go, the less, I think, responsibility. We focus on those nearest us. We love everybody. We focus on those nearest us. Of course, that doesn't mean we ignore others. You have the parable of the Good Samaritan. And the Samaritan, the Good Samaritan, that was not part of his family, but it was proximity. It was someone he saw. He walked by. They were there. They were right in front of him. It wasn't someone, uh, you know, on the other side of the world that, that he was caring for. It was someone right there on the road where he was. And that was a good thing. Even though they weren't related, he didn't know him to take care of the needy person who'd been robbed and, and left beaten and, and, and for dead. And then the third area we have is missions. Missions is education, maybe a, a, an, an educational institution, evangelism, and so on. I don't like us to think of that as charity. I don't like to think of people who give to my ministry as charity. I don't, I, I, because charity is you give based on need, right? Whereas missions you give based on a vision of what they're accomplishing, what they're doing, where, where they're taking the gospel. And sometimes we, we mix them all up and we end up giving to even missions because of their need rather than because of their fruitfulness, because of what they're accomplishing, because of what they're doing. When we give to the poor, we give because the person's needy. When we give to missions, we give because they're fruitful. This is my opinion. This is my understanding. I want to give, I want to get behind the ones that are accomplishing the most for the kingdom of God based on the principle that to whom much, uh, he who's faithful with what he has, God will entrust more to him. And someone who's faithful with what they have already, I want to be involved in helping give more to them so they can be more effective in the kingdom. So when it comes to missions, education, evangelism, and so on, in my opinion, I don't give based on is this guy poor or are they needy or are their their needs not being met? That's where I give my charity. All right. That's where I give my to the poor. But when I give to missions, I want to sow seed into the productive, faithful, fruitful ministries because I want to be a part of that. I want to partner with those who are making great progress in the kingdom of God. I encourage you to think in these ways as well. To be asking yourself, not just the question like, uh, if, you, if you're asking who's poor and needy, that's your charity, and that's the charity part of your giving. But if you're asking, uh, what missionary should I give to? Or what educational establishment should I give to? Or what, uh, what something of this nature? Then be asking yourself, who do I really believe in? Who do I believe in what they're doing? Who do I want to see be more prosperous, more successful, more fruitful? Who's already bearing fruit, and I want to see them be bearing more fruit. I want to entrust them with this. Big thing to ask here, who are you benefiting from? What ministries have you benefited from? If you've, if you've been benefited from a ministry, it, it's certainly appropriate that you uh, help support that ministry. If you've been led to Christ by, by a ministry, obviously, 
in the years to come, help to support that. Or if you've, if somehow you've benefited or you've seen firsthand, then that's the type place to give. But my big point here, don't mix up your charitable giving to the needy and your faithful sowing partnership with those who you're hoping to be more fruitful in advancing the gospel. Now, one final thing I want to say here before we go to prayer is ideally all of this would already happen through the church. Ideally, we would just give all of our stewardship money, all that we want to give in terms of our giving, we give it all to our church. And the church could distribute it. This is what we see in Acts chapter 4. Let me read for today's scripture what happened in the early church. We'll read verses 32 through 35. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them. For all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring them the proceeds of the sales, and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as any had need. You see a couple principles here. You do see this principle of proximity. There were plenty of poor people in Jerusalem, but not amongst the, not amongst the believers. They were, there was not a, a, a needy person amongst them. They were sharing. They became a community that supported one another. And it was obvious to all who were in Jerusalem, these Christians love one another and they're loving one another tangibly. So you do see this principle of proximity here. They weren't just giving their charitable to the poor, just anybody. They were, they were supporting the, the people who were there in the community, the people of God. But secondly, they brought it and they, they gave it to the apostles and the apostles or the church leaders at the time, the apostles would distribute it as, uh, as they saw fit before God. A couple chapters later, they had to appoint deacons to take care of this responsibility who were, as they were caring for the widows uh, in the church. So the, they would take care of this, the deacons would. But the point being, it was all given to the church, and, and the, the, the advantage of that is that the church can make sure that, that the leaders can make sure money is given to those who are truly needy, not just people who take advantage of the funds and the generosity of God's people. And the church was given to the truly fruitful missionaries moving forward. Unfortunately, ideally, that's the way it would be in our day. Unfortunately, that's not how it works today. And it doesn't, and it's, you, you go with the flow, I suppose, is the way it works. Churches, by and large, give a very, very small percentage of their budget to evangelism. Churches, by and large, give very small, and we ask, why is the gospel not going forward? Why are not more people being saved? Where are the missionaries? Where are the where are the the revivalists, the evangelists in our day? Very few of them are out there. Very few of us, shall we say, are out there. There was a time when the churches put a significant percentage of their budget into advancing the gospel. Now, in all honesty, with many churches, you, you take care of the buildings, you have the staff, you've got a you, you got a significant sized staff in many churches, you've got all kinds of resources. You've got the children's programs, the children's ministries. You've got the the things you buy for them. I hate to say it, there are probably churches spending more money on on 
video games and HD TVs and for the youth to keep them there and keep them interested in wanting to come to the church building than then, then actually giving to missions to advance the gospel. And that's certainly not true of every church. But by and large, this is kind of the world we're in. And so consequently, we have this, what's happened, obviously, is organizations have sprung up that allow you to give directly to those that you believe, uh, those who are advancing the gospel. Because in all honesty, the churches have been directing their resources, for the most part, not all of them, but for the most part, towards the maintenance and, and care of their congregation. Now, that is important. I don't mean this as a criticism. I don't mean this as a criticism. I'm just saying that it's a reality. And likewise, with many organizations, many people don't give to the poor anymore because they figure, you know, our, my tax money is going to, to take care of the poor in our country these days. And so they're less likely to give there because of the amount of, because the government has stepped in to take care of that. All of this has weakened the local church, but it's a reality. All of it is weakened. I wish all of this would go through the church. The church would be the ones who take care of the poor. The church would be the ones who fund the educational establishments. The churches would be the ones who fund the, the missionaries who are going forth, taking the gospel forward. And many churches have that in their budget, but it's not sufficient. And so consequently, people raise their funding through organizations such as I do with mine, Tom Shore Campus Ministries, or others, you know, you've got the Campus Crusade is a big one. Reliant is a big one. There's many organizations out there, Samaritan's Purse, Billy Graham, you name them. This has become what's common in our culture, in our society, about how ministries can be funded. So what do you do? It, it's not going to go take care of your church. Separate out your charity, your care, for, your, your giving to those who are in need from your giving to those who you want to see succeed. Make a different a distinction there. Look at those who are in need and say, okay, God, I will give to them because it's charity. I'm giving to the poor when I give to these people. But when you give to missions or, or other educational or uh, groups, don't ask yourself, well, who's poor and needy? Who's, who's uh, about to go under? No, that's not the question asked there. The question asks, who do I believe in what they're doing? Who have I benefited from what they're doing? Who do I want to see what they're doing be multiplied even greater so that their fruit can be even greater because I believe in their fruit? And that's where you give. Three types of giving. Your church, that you where you benefit, where you're growing, who's shepherding you, the need, the poor and the needy, and then those ministries that you believe in what they're doing to advance or to train God's people, okay? Father in heaven, we bless you today, and we thank you for your great wisdom. And as we talk about finances, Lord, we want to be, we want to bring the tithe in, the whole, Lord, we want to be people who are honoring you with our money. We want to be people who put your giving to you first, I think in Proverbs 3, honor the Lord from the first of your wealth. And we want to do that, Father, from the first of our income. We want to honor you. But we want to thank you also that you are the God who is the great provider. I thank you, Father, for how you, you work through people to give and to provide for ministries and churches and, and the poor. Father, I want to thank you. I, I just confess today and acknowledge, I know in my own life with our ministry, you are the source. People are the channel. And Father, we want to thank you 
that each one of us has the opportunity to be a partner with you in sharing our funds to help see groups, churches, individuals, ministries, institutions, to help see them prosper. Father, what a blessing. What a blessing we have. You're the source, but you work through us to help these others be successful and to have what they need in our world today to survive, to function, to pay their employees, to advance the gospel, to watch over, to care for, to love. Lord, sometimes we wish we didn't have to think about money. I sure wish I didn't. Sometimes I, I, I try not to think about it too much. Sometimes I wish, Lord, it was just we lived in this world where we didn't have to worry about it, but it's part of our world. And it is here. And it is a way that we're to be faithful stewards and as a way that we can work and partner with you. There's even gifts, Lord. I know you. there's a gift of giving. Some here may have that. Whoever we are, Lord, direct us to use the funds you have given us to be stewards of. Direct them to be used in the proper way. Direct them to be used in the most faithful and most fruitful way for your glory. We thank you and we bless you. We give you this day. We pray for our churches today, Lord, to be triumphant, victorious, places of encouragement, strengthening, equipping, healing. We pray today our churches would worship you in spirit and truth. We pray, Lord, today that when we go to church, we would come out better people than when we went in, but also that we would be encouraging others so they come out better than when they went in. How exciting, Lord, to think in the next several hours that so many millions of people, we believe, we trust, we ask, their lives would make steps forward in the kingdom steps forward in the gospel. We pray for salvations today. We pray for people to have breakthroughs today. We pray for spiritual healing today. We pray for a new increase of faith today. All of these things, we thank you for this day, and we pray for our churches to be meeting this need in the life of those who attend. And we ask these things and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, folks, God bless you. So glad to be along with you, and I hope you have a blessed day. I trust you will. I know I'm planning on it, okay? God bless you. Make sure you tell your friends about this. Share this with others. Again, if you know of people who this upcoming, again, all the solicitations we're going to have about Giving Tuesday here in 48 hours from now, you want to make sure you're ready for them. And uh, we'll be talking further tomorrow about how to choose and how to give, how to make sure you're giving to the most to the places that are best. But until now, remember, church, the needy, the charity, and the missions you believe in that have benefited you, that you want to see more prosperous, okay? God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye-bye.